Welcome to Complete Edition, the podcast between a PlayStation Trophy Hunter and an Xbox Achievement Hunter. We try to 100% games, and we discuss our experience in playing that way. This is episode one. I'm your host, Compulsive Nerd. My real name is Cole. My co-host here is AJ, and you can find him on Twitch at AJ Plays. How are you today, AJ? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having a good day. How are you? I'm pretty good. I started off my morning, you know, uh, playing some Resident Evil 8. I was... Uh, oh, that's a great game. I was a little bit worried... Because we have construction going on here. They completely tore out the pavement and they repaved it. And I'm like, oh God, is that going to be too loud for the podcast? But it's all done. They did it so fucking fast. It's crazy. I thought you were going to say you're like worried about construction while you were playing Resident Evil. Like, <laughs> like your house was going to fall down while you're playing or something. Like- <laughs> That's terrifying. No. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead and start. And. Uh, the announcement that I wanted to make that I was telling you about is that this week, on July 2nd, was the 13th anniversary of PlayStation Trophy System. It went live on July 2nd, 2008. I was going to go through a little bit of a history, like how the, the very first platinum icon was a pink crown, like a, a royal crown. It was edited very early, like taken out very early and turned into the trophies that we see today. I was I, I wanted to just kind of highlight my very first trophy, which was from Little Big Planet. And all I did was just put on a costume on the sack on the sack person. It popped my first trophy. And then my first platinum was Uncharted 2. And that was like the beginning of trophy hunting for me. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, wow. I uh, I had no idea there was that anniversary or about the, uh, the, the pink crown either. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Little and- Big Planet and Uncharted 2, both great games. Um, God, yeah, that brings back memories. Yeah, the, whenever the plos- the PlayStation Trophy system like rolled out, it was very slow and spread out. Like games, like not all the games had trophy lists, and developers like started to patch them in kind of later. And then, about six months after the launch of the system, Sony started to require that games had trophies. And so yeah. that that was definitely like a lull period. Like after it launched, it was like we got to do what Xbox is doing. And then it was like, but we don't know what we're doing yet. And then it it started to roll and like come together more like half a year later yeah xbox when they first had achievements for some reason a few games just didn't have a thousand gamer score there were a few that had like 970 i think i think condemned is one of them it wasn't fully standardized when xbox did it most games had a full thousand but some games didn't they just like weirdly were like just below a thousand and then it became a standardized thing so yeah, it, it, it's interesting how they sort of had a system. They both had a system, but there wasn't like a requirement or a standardized procedure until a bit later. Right. And the cool thing is, is like, I've, I've been thinking about this. Super Stardust HD was like the very first platinum trophy game. And I was like, I kind of want to go earn that just because I want to say that I have the first platinum game on my list. And like the list was or the system was totally normal for a very long time. Like they just they implemented it and they were like that's the system we're leaving it you can add, now add trophies to your games now trophies are live now you we require trophies but then on october 7th 2020 which was last year they completely changed the system did you know about this no not really they took they they changed the trophy icons for not it, it was for playstation 5 but it's like overall they just look different now and they what they ended up doing was they changed the level system so that it's it goes from it went from 100 max level to 999 
and they so you level up much faster through the levels now and there's like different tiers there's like the bronze one bronze two bronze three and then you know it continues up to gold and if you get if you somehow max out nine nine hundred ninety nine you get up you get like the platinum level but right right yeah all these it was a huge change and they didn't like that wasn't the only change but platinums are worth more points now they used to be 180 and now they're 300 which is huge because they are the the one that's like the reward so i think they should be worth more and that's a that's a that's that's a brief little history there (laughs) yeah with the launch of the ps5 as well i remember they changed some of the sound effects for the trophies and some people were mad about that and some people were happy about it yeah i'm Uh, i'm i'm happy about that um it seems like they have more than one sound i think there's been several different games where i hear like a different trophy sound like for the platinum which is kind of cool yeah yeah that's sweet i i love the the rare achievement animation and sound it's good to have something to have something different especially if you're like us and you're like getting a lot of achievements and trophies it's it's cool to you know it's sort of i I love the original sound effects but it sort of gets a bit mind numbing and you uh you sort of tone it out i guess because you're just so used to it so then when you get a new sound it feels it feels more novel and more unique and more special yeah and yeah something pretty cool is like back when i was younger and i first got my cell phone I like downloaded a ringtone that was the trophy sound, but I realized how how like unspecial it made the sound. It's cuz like every time I get a message, I'm hearing the sound instead of earning the sound like you are when you're getting a trophy. So what I'm thinking about now is like maybe I can download the old sound for my ringtone or to, for my messages again because now the sounds are so different that I never hear the old sound. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you get that like the notification you start to miss it as well to some extent because you just never hear it anymore at all right so yeah that makes sense pretty cool all right let's kind of roll into what we're chasing right now i kind of want you to go first because i i have some things that i want to talk about later okay yeah sure um so recently this past week i've been playing more darkest dungeon and progressing through that but mostly i've been recording a full game achievement walkthrough for uh, this game called Genesis Noir. It's uh, I'm doing the work for Maca Ninety One Productions. Um, he's going to do some commentary and editing over it, and then upload it on his channel, and that should be up in the next few days. Um, it's a quick completion. It's a, it took me around two hours and forty five minutes. I'd say people should check out the game. Um, it's on Game Pass, which is you know it's great. You know there's there's such a low barrier of entry to it, and it's it's an indie game. It's a point and click adventure it's um it's got this like black and white obviously noir art style and it's also got like jazz references and music and it it, it it's a really unique experience uh, i think the story is a bit too i don't know too abstract in that sort of like indie game way where it's like it's not saying anything very clearly but at the same time i'm sure there's stuff i missed i was focused on making a good guide and um you know getting the achievements to unlock i wasn't fully immersed and focused on the story so some of that's on my end but i thought the art style was striking and beautiful i thought the gameplay was really engaging i think if i had to criticize it sometimes it's easy to lose your cursor and also not be able to tell if you're in a cutscene or gameplay or 
if an interaction has gone through, but those are, are minor nitpicks. I think I think it's worth playing. I think it's a really easy completion. I think we complain a lot about sort of that. There's a lot of indie games that get put on the store that are really quite bad, and they're very easy completions. They're like 20 minutes or or an hour, and I think Game Pass does a good job of getting indie games that are a step above that on the service that are still easy, but they have a lot going for them. And they're still really interesting games. Um, I played another game, Rain On Your Parade, recently, which is similarly easy, but also still fun and high quality. I think so, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm so, really... So yeah, highly, highly recommend both of those. Look for the guides if you're interested. Um, they should be up soon. And yeah, would recommend. It's been a fun time. That's really cool, because like, I was just thinking that. Is like, I, I think that there is a space for those indie games that are easy and they're, they're quality games. Like, you, it, two and a half hours is not bad. Like, there's been games I play where they're, like, a 10-hour platinum, and it's a, you know, a bigger AAA budget or something, and it's just, like, yeah. that. that's not terrible. Like, it's attainable. And for something smaller indie like that and being on Game Pass, that is perfect. That is perfect, dude. Yeah, I think it's on PC as well, on Game Pass PC. So, you know, if you've got an Xbox, jump in. If you've got a computer, jump in. It's not a very intensive game graphically or performance-wise. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. It's quite easy. And it's unique and interesting enough that it was a fun time. All right. Well, I have been playing on my Vita on the go. Um, I, I picked up extra hours this week at work, so I didn't have as much time to play. But I have still chugging away on persona 4 golden it's a very long game like 150 hours i'm just chipping away but there's something that i wanted to talk about and it's so like i am a little bit of sh- ashamed of it i am i'm using like a walkthrough on my first playthrough and i i generally don't like to do that but this game is so long and i know there's so much to miss and i'm going to play it twice like that is going to happen but it's like i don't i don't want anything to be like super fucked up in my playthrough so i i went through a guide and i was like i want to make sure i max out a lot of these confidants which is like a relationship that you have with your with the friends in the game i'm just maximizing my time like reading all the books you only have a certain number of days in the in the game so if i'm just bumbling through and i don't read all the books it's like i got to do a whole nother playthrough to make sure i get all the books and so I'm like, oh, it's just weird how I'm following a guide. A little bit ashamed of that. What do you think about? I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't. There's no, there's no shame in that. I don't think. For, I mean, it's such a long game, and then the fact that it's got missable trophies. Yeah. That combination, I don't think there's any shame. I think you know, like maybe if, like the, the amount of hours you'd have to recommit to it, you know, and and as well, a lot of the time, I find that if you if you're watching a walkthrough or reading a walkthrough in that sense. You can sort of just focus on the trophy and achievement stuff, and then still, when you play, like experience the story stuff and and the world and and the other stuff separate from that. It's I think true. There's sometimes a disconnect. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think it ruins the experience. It maybe like makes it a bit worse, but it's not. It it's it's worth sort of making it a little bit worse than replaying like 150 hours absolutely and that's the thing is like this game is very it's a it's um it's pretty much a visual novel so it's very story based but the way that they they make things count in the guide is like during this conversation you're gonna want to pick option three because that's how you get the most amount of progress like your rewarded progress points for having like the correct thing to say to someone and they don't tell you what you're gonna say 
So I'm not spoiled by, I don't know what the situation is. I don't know anything like that. I'm just like, I know that I need to choose option three coming up. And it's always like, I'm still loving the story. I'm still loving everything that's happening. I'm just not missing any points, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's that's totally reasonable. And I don't even know if I'm going to platinum this game. Like, it, it might happen to where I can't, there's a trophy um, where you have to hear 250 lines from one specific character. And it's like, on my two playthroughs, am I going to get all 200, like, there's more than 250, but am I going to get 250 unique lines from that character? I don't know. So I'm just trying to get as much as I can in this game as I play. And then moving on to Resident Evil 8, um, I just finished it last night. I really fucking enjoyed it, <laughs> like, a lot. I, I think that the ending, a lot of people have been talking about the ending and how it makes or breaks the game for you. Definitely made the game for me. I, I really thought it was really fun. And that's what I want from video games a lot. I want fun. I don't need a Last of Us all the time, you know? Like, completely dire. Just sad. Everything oh, sucks. Neil, Neil, Neil Druckmann, we don't use the word fun around here. You yeah, right. We don't want that all like, the time. It, it's so cheesy and campy. And the whole game is just a blast. Like, I'm laughing during cutscenes because of the things they're saying. And it just feels like I'm watching a bad B movie, and I'm not mad at that. Like I'm not, and I'm I'm on my second playthrough um, as of today. I'm almost gonna. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure after this podcast, I'm gonna beat it again. And on the trophy guide, it says that there's three minimum three playthroughs required. But for me, I'm probably gonna do four because, like I said, I didn't use a guide the first time. I'm not gonna get all the collectibles because I find locations like I'm very spoiler sensitive, and I find locations to be spoilery. So I try not to look at guides because it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to be at this location next. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, there's there's so many collectibles in that game as well, where it pretty much will take you through every location if you use that and you will see it before you get to it in the game. So, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I think the game. Yeah, I think um, it's fantastic. I really liked it. I think I think the ending is weaker than a lot of the rest of the game, although I know some people stopped. I think some people have a problem with the factory and then the the area after that. For me, I thought the factory was fine. I really enjoyed the factory. Everything after that was a bit weaker for me, but I still really enjoyed it. And I think I think Resident Evil games, I think Resident Evil 7 and 2 Remake and 3 Remake, I feel like the, the final act, the final section, is pretty much always the weakest section. I don't know why. I agree I don't that. know what it is about Resident Evil games, but, but I thought that the ending sections of resident evil 8 were better than like the boat sections of resident evil 7 so it was an improvement to me even with it being a bit weaker than the rest of the game that's really cool that you 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 think that so what i'm getting from you is that you think you like resident evil 8 more than 7 uh yeah i think so it's tough i think um i think i I don't know if it's weird to say i think the games are more different than they definitely are people think because I think Resident Evil 8 has much better gameplay, but I like a lot of the thematic and horror aspects of 7. So it's like, it's tough because it's like the gameplay of 8 is so much better than 7's, but then a lot of the intensity and the tension as well um, of 7 is stronger than 8. So it's tough. I think I prefer 8, but it's pretty close. I really like both games. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It's so hard for me to choose between the two, 
But the thing that weakens Resident Evil 8 for me is the length. This game is way longer. Like, I'm surprised how long this game is because Resident Evil is built so much on on replaying it. Like, because they have the reward system is like you beat it the first time and then there's a challenge mode and you can unlock all of these fun infinite ammo and different weapons. And so I'm always trying to replay Resident Evils. Like every time I'm set to go in again after I finish. And that's why probably in this series is like, especially between the remakes, three was better than two in my opinion, because two was way too long to replay over and over and four sections. It's like Leon A, Leon B, you know, Claire A, Claire B. I was like, this is too much. I, I want to replay this game, but this is a lot. And so I know people complained about the length of three, but I thought that three was fucking awesome because when you replay it on harder difficulties, they mix up the enemies and the locations. Cause like, I remember I was walking through one of the hallways and there was a liquor on my first playthrough. There was a liquor on the outside of the building and I was scared out of my fucking mind. And I was like, I was like, Oh Jesus Christ, when's it going to come in the window? And then I moved, I moved on. It never came through the window. And I was like, all right, that, that was very awesome. Like I felt tension second playthrough I'm run it's a harder difficulty I'm running through and I'm like this thing's not gonna come through the window it smashes through the window and I'm like holy fuck everything changes like they they really fuck with you as you play it over again so I'm like all the complaints about it being too short it's like no play it again on the harder difficulty it's not too short it, it, it is short but it's so good I think I'm on the other side of this because I think I think first of all I think it's tough because Resident Evil games for me at least my first playthrough normally takes quite a while except for Resident Evil 3 I thought Resident Evil 3 was quite short but I, I think like like I think Resident Evil 8 took me maybe 10 10 to 12 hours the first time but then with that game I can now beat that game in like two hours or like two to three hours, like regularly. Like I could, I could load it up now and, and beat the game in in about three hours. Um, and there's a speedrun achievement for that, and I don't think it's particularly difficult to do that. I think they're quite strange in that. I think Resident Evil Eight sticks to that system where Resident Evil Seven, Resident Evil Three, Resident Evil Two, and that you can, if you know what you're doing, you can get through them really quickly. I think that's true for all of them, pretty much, even you know the first game. Maybe not, definitely not Resident Evil Six and Resident Evil Five and Four, but um, the others you can you can do that. Yeah, I I think that the rearranging of enemies is always something that's really cool uh, in these games. It it happens in Resident Evil Seven as well on the Madhouse difficulty. Right, item placements are different as well, not just enemy placements in some of the difficulty modes. Um, so that yeah, I, I think they do a good job of replayability. I think all of them are pretty short, as long as you know what you're doing and you're not going for like 100% and everything. But I, I really like that system of like really taking your time and doing a ton of exploration and everything in the first playthrough. And then afterwards, like after you know everything, just going in and just like running through it. And like, I don't know, it's got like a good, almost like power fantasy aspect there. It, because it's It like, does. And that's what I'm doing with Resident Evil 8 right now. You know, I, I played it very slow. My first playthrough was 10 hours and 22 minutes that was my first playthrough and i'm four hours into my second playthrough and i'm almost done so i almost cut my time in half like but it's still it's you know when you were saying you can speed run resident evil 3 in three hours that feels good to me it's like you can get through the game in in a snap of a finger you can go right through it 
because you are so powerful and you know everything about it. But this one, I can't do that. And I already know how many times I'm going to have to play it pretty much four or five times because there's... Yeah, I, I just think that the, the gap isn't that big. Like, I think that, I think that you can get through Resident Evil 8 in like three hours. Oh. Like, because the... I don't remember what my exact time was, but for the knife-only playthrough for the achievement, I remember that was less than four hours. Even with knife-only going less than four hours, it feel it feels achievable still. Oh, well, that's cool. That's that's nice to hear. See, I thought it was going to be like four to five hours every time, and that, that's going to like really stack up on my total my total time to get the platinum. But if I'm, you know, I, right now what I'm doing. And this is for people who are also trophy hunting is like I'm trying to buy the Magnum so I can get infinite ammo, like upgraded all the way that can help my playthrough tremendously. But I didn't do that. My first playthrough, I didn't save up money. I didn't I just spent galore. So I had to like start over and then I started to upgrade the wrong Magnum. I started like the six shooter. I upgraded that one um, or the revolver. I guess they're right instead of the stake. Yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I had to restart. And that that means that I might even have to add another playthrough. And I'm a little bit upset about that. But I'm having so much fun. And I'm learning so much about the game with all the lore and everything. I think I have one document left and four goats on the collectibles. So I'm really close to just being done with all of the collectibles and my second playthrough and i'm going to start wrecking and getting those those last trophies that you were talking about the knife only speed run and you know i don't i haven't looked completely at the trophy list but are there speed run boss trophies where you have to like beat them in a certain time because there's a lot of challenges for that and i don't know if they're trophies also uh, no i don't think so i think the um the achievement is just for beating the game in under a certain time i don't think there's any that are specific for the bosses okay so it's just difficulty in that and the miss the misc trophies and that's it yeah you have to do like you can't use like the there's like you can't use the item box or you can't heal over three times as well stuff like that but you can stack those in like the knife only run oh yeah is that hard to do no I, I don't think the um I don't think any of the extra playthrough stuff is difficult. If you like if you if you do it the right way, as in like if you have like the infinite ammo and all that stuff, like if you if you use that if you use the karambit as the knife instead of the regular knife or the, the lightsaber. If you use if you use the tools that you should have, I think um I don't think it's particularly difficult. Alright. Well, you know that's kind of it that's that's what we've been chasing let's uh let's move into the topic on the table today we're going to talk about our most proud completions which i'm pretty excited for because like i had to dig through mine and you know i have 207 platinum so i was like let's let's really start at the bottom and work my way up and we're going to rank these from descending order from five to one and we're going to alternate between each other i want to go with aj first because i'm really excited to hear what his favorite completions were okay yeah cool uh so my my number five is uh, a game called void bastards it's uh, i really feel happy talking about this because not many people played it but it's a really great indie game and the li- the achievement list for this game is extremely rare and i'm not i'm not fully sure why i think it's because it requires a lot of playthroughs and it, it is difficult but it's not unreasonably difficult it's not like 
you know, the most difficult thing ever. I, I think it took me about 30 hours. Um, so this was a, it was a Game Pass game. And the reason it piqued my interest is I think some YouTube channel played it or some Twitch streamer, I think, played it. I think Ray played it. Uh, twitch.tv slash reynoves junior yeah and he's a he's an achievement hunter as well and then i read about the game and i think it was i don't know if it if it was both of these but i think it was made by people from like bioshock or system shock or, or something or they had some heritage there but the game is definitely heavily inspired from system shock and bioshock so that initially is like okay i'm in you know i want to see what this is and so it's a it's a roguelite fps and it's permadeath and you you essentially you're on a spaceship and you go to other ships to sort of get resources to like get more powerful and to descend further into like the game and all of your characters so as I mentioned, it's permadeath. So when one of them dies, you get like a completely different character and the and the game continues anyway. And the characters you get have their own quirks and some of them can be advantageous and some of them disadvantageous. You can get some that like, like you can play as like a really short guy randomly or like you can only see in black and white for some people. So there, there's, there's an aspect of randomness and it's got like this quirky British sense of humor as well that's really unique. And the color palette is really cell shaded, and I guess that's not the color palette, but you know the the art style is really cell shaded. But yeah, so it it reminds me sort of of like Rogue Legacy in that, in the way that you have quirks behind the characters. And playing through the game, you want to like learn the ship layout, how best to counter the enemies, where to look for loot. And most of the difficulty from the game, you have to beat the game on hard without anyone dying. Oh, so geez. like basically a, a flawless run. Yeah, and then. You also have to beat the game on normal with several different restrictions. There's like one where you can't use any guns. You um, you can only use like certain utility items. One where you have to go like unarmed and stuff like that. And you have to do quite a lot of playthroughs. The toughest achievements have a 0.09% unlock percentage. So it's a, it's a completion to be proud of for sure in terms of so few people have it, even compared to the amount of people that played it. Um, but it's a it's a great game, so I wanted to highlight it because it it didn't get much attention. That's really um, cool because I had never heard of that game before. And you know, when you were describing it, it sounds hard. It sounds like one of those platinums that's that sh you should be proud of because it's so difficult. Yeah, I think so. I think it originally the game started out as an Xbox and PC exclusive, timed exclusive. But I think it's out on other platforms now. So yeah you, you know you should check it out if it's on playstation it's a lot of fun and it's not too time consuming it took me 30 hours oh, to get everything bad. so that's i like so yeah, i like platinums between or like 100 percent between you know 25 and 35 hours i think those are my favorite probably yeah yeah and it's a roguelike and and well a roguelite and sometimes those games can be like hundreds or thousands of hours so yes. it, it's nice to get one of those games in that genre that's that's quite short and manageable compared to the rest that's out there yeah. but what's your what's your number five my number five is actually persona 5 the base persona 5 not the new royal one the base one was so this trophy list was just bad and it was it was like something that i didn't plan on getting and then on my like after i beat it i was like i really love this game i want to go and beat and try to get the platinum and it is so difficult it is it's not even one of those games that it, the 
the exact trophies are super hard. It's just one of those things that takes perseverance. You have to like really push yourself to go through. I think it took me like maybe 190 hours. And that is just a long ass time. And it made me kind of sour it. At the end, I was like, I do not want to play this game for a very long time. And that's, I still haven't touched the new Royal Edition because I have been so scarred by that trophy list. I'm just like, I don't want to do it again. But, you know, everyone tells me it's not that bad. It, it's like, instead of reading all the books and playing all the video games and watching all the movies, they're like, you have to watch one movie. You have to watch, or you have to read one book. You have to play one game. I'm like, oh, that's so much better. That's so much better. You're not going to feel that stress of like having to do everything on every day because the way that have you ever played a persona game no so persona games are set up to where you have like morning you're in school and the teacher might ask you something or you might be able to help one of the other students and that'll help you you know increase increase your relationship status with all of these all these characters and then after school you have time to do whatever you want so you can go to a batting cage you can go to the bathhouse or you can go spend time with some of your friends and then after you do the one of those activities it fast forwards into night so you had morning afternoon evening i guess is before night and if you later on if you unlock something you can have nights where you stay out later so you have four parts of the day where you can do something and you're trying to fill those times every single day you play for you know one or two semesters and it, it just feels so stressful because you're like, I have to spend time with this character during like this hour. Like I need to up, like upgrade my status with this character or I need to go read a book or I need to play a game or a movie or whatever. And it it just makes it like is very stressful. And then there's also like the combat of the game, which you have hundreds of personas. I don't like to compare it to Pokemon, but it's the, like the same thing. You You get these personas and then you make them fight. And then you try to capture the other personas. And one of the trophies was to get all of the personas in the game. And so there's just, I, I wish I knew exactly how many there was. Well, maybe I can look. Hold on. I have the, I have the page open so that I could look. Complete the persona compendium. It doesn't have the number, but there are a ton of them. A ton of them. Oh, 192 right there. So there's 192 personas that I had to get. And that you could get personas by capturing them or you can combine the personas that you've captured and like fuse them you still get to keep those personas they're in a compendium so you know you could just buy them again and then have them again but you mix them and then you get the results and it costs a lot of money it costs takes a long time to get everything and you can't even do it on your first playthrough you have to do it on your second playthrough on a game that's like 100 hours that's it's a it's a lot to ask you know yeah, it, I I always find it difficult to do multi hundred hour completions because it just feels like the light like you can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel basically no. for so much of it. Like you're like I'm stuck playing this, and then it's like that that's that's all I'm going to be playing for so long, or just playing it as a side game for like even longer. But right, yeah, I I always find that impossible unless um I really love the game ultimately. And- and that's so, why so I'm, yeah, it's definitely a completion to be proud of. Yeah, and that's why I'm so proud of it. And you know, this uh this complete the persona compendium, it's a 11.93% on the completion percent. So, it's a lower number, it's a rare trophy, not super rare, but it's rare cuz it's not something everyone's going to do, you know. And then, yeah. So, what's your what's your number 4? Okay, so uh my number 4 is I've chosen two games because they're basically the same. 
Um, mm. Outlast 1 and Outlast 2. Their achievement list, the hardest achievement for both of these games is the same achievement. It's to beat the entire game on insane without reloading camera batteries. Um, so these games are they're horror sort of they're horror games but they're more like the walking simulator type game than like a resident evil type game you don't have any weapons or anything you just have a camcorder and you walk around in the scary monsters and you run away and you hide and, and that sort of thing i think i really like these games i think they do i i think it's a cliche for that type of horror game in the sense of that like it's become almost like a meme because it feels like there's tons of indie horror games that do that sort of thing where you just walk around a spooky corridor or a spooky hallway and that's like the whole game but this i I think these games do it do that sort of thing much better than pretty much than almost anything else you know you've got pt and and stuff that stay above it but um i agree with you there they do it really well the environments and the monsters and everything is, uh, and the pacing is is great for these games. But the hardest achievement, so first of all, insane. So the insane difficulty, it's the hardest difficulty in the game. And what it means is that if you die at any point, you have to start the whole game over again. So there's no checkpoints or saves or anything. And then the second thing about the difficulty is almost every enemy will kill you in one hit. So if they catch up to you, they'll just kill you and that's it. And then you have to start the whole game over again. And these games, they're not the longest games. You can probably do Outlast 1 in about an hour or an hour and a half. Outlast 2 is definitely longer. It can take, I don't know, uh, between like two and four hours. So that's like the insane part of it. But then the other part of not being able to reload camera batteries is similarly brutal. Because there's a lot of areas... In both games where it's pitch black and you use the camera you use the night vision on the camera which drains the battery to see in a lot of areas and so not being able to reload the batteries at all um means that there are some areas where you have to you have to basically learn them completely like you have to know where you're going without being able to see a thing you can't there's no real way to cheese it either in this game there's some games where you can just like turn the gamma all the way up and it will like fix it and darkness isn't really dark but in this game that won't work it'll help a little maybe but when when you can't see in that game you know you really can't see like unless you use the night vision yeah I so really, i really respect you for this one like you should be proud i did not try to attempt this i have a pretty low completion on this game it's one of the only horror games i've ever played where i put the controller down and had to like take a break because I was just terrified. It's specifically, there's a moment, and this, I can't imagine if you get to this part without the fucking camera, but you, like, drop down, and there's water, and you can hear one of the monsters, like, trudging around in the water, and there's just a bunch of pillars, and you're just kind of, like, trying to hide behind them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you have to, there's, like, the way out is a ladder in the center of that room full of water, and you have to climb up, and then climb up the ladder. I, I think I know what you mean. It's that, and that section you really can't see a thing. I think if you do it without camera batteries, what you have to do is you have to sprint into a wall and then you have to use that because when you're when you're pressed right up against a wall, you can see the wall. And so you have to use that for like your navigation oh my God. aid. But I think that's one of the sections where you, you just use the night vision but um because it you can afford to. There's some it, it's quite funny because there's some areas, especially in the first game, 
where it will be pitch black, but you know there's no enemies. Like, there's some parts where it's it's total darkness, but there's no enemies, so you'll never use the camera battery there. And so you'll just be, like, bumping into walls, like, until you can eventually, like, trial and error. Stumble out. Your way, <laughs> your way through it. Yeah, because there's no point in using the camera, because right. it's like, you can't die, it's just your time that you're wasting, ultimately. Um, so yeah, to, to get the completion in these games, you have to know the game off by heart, pretty much. You have to already have planned out, like, I'm gonna use the camera here, I'm gonna use it there, um, I'm not gonna use it here. I'd say, I, I class them both as the same game in this list as well, because, um, so the, the unlock percent of the Outlast 2 version of this achievement is 0.05%, while on Outlast 1, it's 0.14%. I kind of agree with that, but I'd say they're both around the same difficulty. Outlast 2 is longer than the first game, so you have to be flawless for longer, which is, you know, and a setback feels a lot worse and, and uses a lot more time. But I think the first game is a little harder in terms of the areas that it puts you in can be so much more dark and there's a lot of dangerous threats. So I think they're about even. Like, I think if you can beat one of them, you can do the other one. Like, as long as you can do one of them, you, you'll be fine for the other one. But yeah, they're, they're not easy. I like the game. It, it Going for those achievements also made the game super intense and, like, worrying again and anxiety-inducing, so they're quite clever achievements in that way that it sort of adds to the horror even more. But yeah, you know, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, you've got to be dedicated, but I'm really proud of both of those. Well... I, I definitely think you should be proud of those. those. Number one, the game is scary as shit. And then number two, it's hard as fuck. It's hard as fuck. But my number four is a game I actually, I dearly love. I, I got this Platinum two years ago on a road trip with uh, my best friend. We went to RTX in Austin and I brought my Vita. And Vitas are awesome because you can just, you know, I trophy hunted while I was on the plane and... This game, have you ever heard of Hotline Miami? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Hotline Miami, and this is like a top-down shooter, I would say. It's a level-based shooter, so you just, certain number of enemies on the level, you try to, you, you die in one hit, and then you have to restart, and the game is hard. It's a difficult game to play, and when I was playing this, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this platinum. It's very hard. I would say the hardest trophy on here is a 4.4% on playstation like that's how many people achieved it and it's getting a plus on all the chapters it's very difficult to do that you really can't make any mistakes i remember just raging at some of the levels i'm i'm so proud of this one because i stuck it through and i have a great memory of just being on the go playing this game and i still haven't played hotline miami 2 which is such a sin but i'm sure someday i'll get to it yeah i need to um i need to get to those i've heard like i've i've heard parts of the soundtracks as well and they're oh, the absolutely so amazing yes. yeah and it, it looks like my type of game i've i played a uh, katana zero and that's got like a similar thing of like you know one hit death like super fast like reflexes learning like the rooms and stuff so it's, yeah that it, it's it, so I've, cool. I've heard yeah, it 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 seems amazing. So I, I, it's on my list for games I need to play as well. Yeah, it's really but, cool because like in the moment you're it's such a fast paced game, like you said, and like you'll you'll have a shotgun or something and you'll like run out of ammo and you're like ah oh, fuck you know I can die in one hit and these guys have guns so it's fun to like 
maneuver really fast and like try to throw your gun at someone to knock them out and then like go stomp on their head it's so quick and you're you're always like thinking so fast and if you if you fuck up it's like instantly you're back in and you're like let's do let's have a better plan let's like figure out what enemies to take out first and how we're gonna do this it 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 is just such a fun game i definitely highly recommend it and if you go for the for the platinum and you get it be proud it's a hard game it's a really hard game yeah i'll I'll have to give it a try but yeah you i mean you've sort of like it's almost like a challenge now for me like oh i've gotta (laughs) i've gotta i've gotta get on this it's really fun i've gotta get this one yeah i don't think it took me all that long maybe 10 to 12 hours probably because it was just so difficult but uh, what's your number? We're down to number three now. Yeah. Yeah. My number three is uh, a game called Slay the Spire. So it, it, this this game is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I think if I if I was a game reviewer, I would have given it a 10 out of 10. I think it's basically perfect. So the completion here takes a lot of skill, but it also takes a long time. So it's like the the double the double whammy in terms of why i'm proud of it so my save file is at about 150 hours but the completion can take over 200 hours if you if you get bad rng or you're worse at the game or you you know you, i had some i'd seen a lot of the game before i started playing it so i had some background knowledge going in and i've watched you know streams of the game and videos of the game so you know, even though my playtime is 150 hours, the time I've spent, you know, thinking about the game, watching content on the game, and and learning the game is is probably like 250 hours. So it's a it's a deck building roguelite game where you you go fight monsters and you add cards to your deck and you remove cards and you're trying to, you know, that there's an aspect of randomness to it because you only get three cards to select after each combat, like one of three. So you have to be quite flexible and you have to sort of adapt on the fly to to what you're sort of making towards. But the game has so much, it has so many layers of depth that you can't really explain without experiencing it for yourself. Like there, there were so many cards where I was like, oh, this card's totally useless. Like there's no reason to ever pick this card. And then you discover like, oh shit, like if I combine it with, with these other cards and this other system or with this character then suddenly it's amazing and it's like the best card in the game. And there's so many times where I've just felt like an idiot because I've gone through that process of like, there's no, there's no point in this. Like what, what a waste of time. Like I can use all oh, like one energy for four defense, or I can use, you know, like zero energy for like eight defense. Like why would I ever use the one energy card and stuff like that? Like you just feel. Sounds like there's a lot bit, of strategy. Yeah. You, you get like, you get like overwhelmed with it, but the more you play, the more like you you feel like you're learning and you're getting better as a skill. And there's there's definitely randomness, but it's like your skill can overcome a lot of that randomness. In terms of the achievements, there's a lot of really difficult ones, um, and you need good RNG for some of them. You have to beat the game in under twenty minutes. You have to beat the game with under five cards in your deck. You have to beat a boss on turn one. So that just relies on you getting like the perfect hand. You have to beat the game with only one relic. Relics are like upgrades that are usually very powerful. So all of those are difficult, but the hardest and most time consuming aspect of the completion is you have to complete Ascension level 20 for one character. And so what what this means is, so to beat Slay the Spire once is pretty tricky, but after you do that, you unlock the Ascension levels and they are difficulty modifiers that make the game harder. Ooh. And so after you beat the game once, you have to beat Ascension 1. 
after you beat Ascension 1, you get Ascension 2, and you have to beat that, and so on all the way up until Ascension 20. But also, after you beat, like, like let's say you're at Ascension 5. When you're at Ascension 5, that uses the Ascension 5 difficulty modifier, but also all the previous ones combined. So all of them stack on top of each other. And so by the time you're at, like, Ascension 20, it's like, you start the game at half health, and uh, you have one less potion slot, and all the enemies are more deadly, and all the enemies have more health, and all the bosses have more health, and uh, the elite enemies show up more often, and it's like all of these extra things that make the game way harder, all at the same time. I think the final ascension, you have to fight, at the end of the game, instead of just the final boss, you have to fight two final bosses back-to-back, so it's just, like, the game is already tough, and then all of that on top of it just makes it so much harder. And if, I mean, if you think about it, right, let's say it takes you, on average, let's say it takes you an hour to beat the game. It's usually, like, 40 minutes or so um, to get, like, one run of the game. If there's 20 Ascension levels, even if you won every single run, that's still 20 hours. So then if you imagine, let's say you win half half of the runs, that's... 40 hours right there to get that achievement and usually your success rate will be lower than that so it's super time consuming it's super skill based but it's so rewarding and uh so much fun and the achievement for there's an achievement for getting all the other achievements so sort of like a platinum trophy yeah um and that achievement has a 0.13 percent unlock percentage on xbox so it's a really tough one it's a really fun one but yeah you've got to be into that type of game obviously because you're gonna have to spend so much time doing it but it's it's a great amazing journey i didn't think i'd love the game as much as i did but i'm really proud of it so dude aj with this with this conversation we have established on episode one you are a better gamer than i am (laughs) dude you're so much like you're so good you're good at beating these really really hard games and you should be like you said like we're we're doing the proudest achievements and trophies it's like that is it the ones that are hard are just so there's like a sense of pride at the end when you're done you're like i cannot believe i fucking did it i can't believe i fucking did it and you you you've definitely earned some that i can never do in my whole life like never ever i mean to be fair i think of the list that one might be the hardest like i'm i'm prouder of you know the the two above this but Mm -hmm. i think that one like in terms of pure difficulty that one might be the hardest so that's so don't feel you know dispirited about it (laughs) (laughs) well um my number three is something different it's actually this is this my list so far kind of interesting so we have a ps4 game we have a ps vita game and now i'm going to vr psvr on the website it says that 3,000 or 36,799 people have registered like looking at this trophy list on the website that's a good number of VR players, 36,000, almost 37. The completion rate on this game is super low. It's a it's called Super Hot VR and a lot of people have played the the console version. And it's a really fun game, really cool. Like the concept is this first person shooter where time moves when you move, so you can like see bullets stopped and then you can like dodge to the left or dodge to the right. And it, it, the bullet will move as you're moving. And so what I generally did was I would like move my hand so that the bullets would move and I would just like get out of the way. And this game has on PlayStation Network a 0.1% completion platinum. The game like on the website, it's, point, it's 0.68. So it's just super, super low because it's so damn difficult. 
I'm very proud of this one because it this was a this was a trophy list like nothing I'd ever done before. My body was physically exhausted like after I did it because I'm ducking, I'm like getting out of the way, I'm like squeezing up against the wall. I'm like I was so into this game and there's tons of different um trophies that make it hard. It's not just like one thing that no one can do. There's like a run where you have to be all the levels without dying. There's a complete challenge where you have to go through all of them with no guns. And then there's one where you have to speed time, speed run the game super fast. There's a harder mode. There's not even a harder mode. There's just all of these challenges that they, they offer you. Being in the game and like picking up different weapons and throwing weapons. And I just love this game. And it's so rare that I just, I was like, I am very proud of this rare list. And it was, it was difficult. It's, it's probably not as difficult as anything you've played. But definitely was nerve wracking trying to get through like some of the higher levels and not dying because when you die you just start all over at the very beginning and it's just like oh no yeah also i guess because like you mentioned like if you have to start over you've like you, you've already had to physically exert yourself as well like it's not just like a mental setback it's also the fact that you've like you've had to like move around and like actually like engage with the game in vr that yeah. must make it even more difficult yeah, yeah. I, i've heard i've heard that list is um super difficult like crazy tough so yeah that, that's and i've heard it's a great game as well it actually when you when you mentioned hotline miami it reminded me of super hot so it's cool that you've got you've got both of them because they've they've both got that similar like one hit death like perfect you have to like play through like a small area perfectly yeah so, so yeah and that's that's why i like them so much is because there's there's this weird sense where the game is not too difficult to, where i'm like i just can't do this it's just like i'm it's on the tip of my tongue and i'm like i can finish it i can do it i know i can do it and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because there's been games that i've given up on where i'm just like i can't do i can't do this i've tried for you know five to ten hours and i just can't I'm over it and I'll have to put it down. And these ones were just ones where I was stubborn enough to to earn it. And I felt so good about it. And I'm I, I really do like suggest playing super hot like when there's not a ton of great VR games. But this is one that's like you got to play this in VR like you can play it on console, but it's so much better in VR to just duck. And like you see a bullet coming and you hit it with your gun and it explodes. And then you just like shoot someone and their gun f- is flying through the air and you catch it. It's just brilliant. It's a brilliant VR game, you know? Yeah, the game seems so, like, so intricate and, like, reactionary in terms of, like, the physics of, like, what you do, that it seems like the perfect VR game in that sense. Absolutely. Oh, man, we're narrowing down to number two. Yeah, we're almost there. So my number two is Enter the Gungeon, um, which is another, another... one of my favorite games and i also think so it's another roguelite i think i've got three on my list um so this is the last roguelite but playstation gave this um, away for free recently yeah they did yeah i i was really happy to see that as part of the play at home yeah. thing yeah so i think it's my favorite roguelite ever Whoa. um but that's tough i i really love slay the spire i really love ftl and spelunky and the binding of isaac so um, it's not an easy an easy call, but I think I think it's my favorite. So the completion unlock percent for the toughest achievement is 0.46. So it's it's higher than some of the other games. But I found it really I found it really really difficult, and I found it required 
a level of mastery of the game. And so the game itself is it's sort of similar to the Binding of Isaac style of roguelite where you're you're put on a floor and you have like the top down perspective and you travel between rooms and you fight enemies and you you know dodge bullets and you go to the item room and then you go to the shop and then you go to a boss fight and then when you defeat the boss you descend to the next floor so it's got that sort of classic roguelite structure uh, to it but i think where the game is truly special is in how fun the combat is to master. There's a dodge roll mechanic, and when you dodge roll, you get invincibility frames. And the intensity of the gameplay and the combat, it's just it's just masterful. The weapon and the item variety is great as well. It, it's not, I'd say it's not as deep as other roguelikes, but there's a bunch of synergies where like if you have an item with a weapon, it will like give you like another unique bonus and unique perk. Um, and it's really cool to discover all of those and discover how the weapons and the items play off of each other. And and also every run, it feel every run feels special. But you get this level of expertise with the basic weapons as well, so that you can everything feels doable, even if you get terrible RNG, like just terrible items and terrible luck. It, I never really feel like when I play the game, I never feel like I need to reset. Like I'm like, oh, I messed this up and I didn't get. Like, I just got shit items, so I've got to start the whole thing over. I never felt like that. Everything always felt manageable and, and that you could come back from sort of a bad a bad set of circumstances. But the toughest achievement is there's a challenge mode. It's called a challenger uh, to complete Daisuke's trial. And so he puts a random modifier on every room of combat. And as you go down a floor, instead of just one modifier per room, it's like two and then it becomes three and they start to stack on top of each other um and you can get really bad rng and get like brutal combinations and you just but but no matter what you never have an easy time and everything like everything in this mode is harder than the base game no matter what and then some of that stacking can really snowball what what's really brutal about this mode is that the final boss always has he, he's always in a harder variant than the one that you get in the regular game so his attacks are faster and more damaging and just like he's less predictable um but on top of that they give him this modifier called high stress which is where when you get hit by him no matter how much health you have like how many heart containers you have you will always go down to half a heart after you've been hit by him once oh dude <laughs> or for five seconds and then you go back to whatever health you had before like minus one hit so even if you've got like seven health if you get hit once you go down to half a heart and then if you get hit again in the next five seconds you just die like you're just dead like that's it wow. so you have to you you like you're like always like panicking and like on edge because one hit can like set you up to just the perfect kill you. name of the mode or the modifier is yeah so yeah good. it's uh so good. it's so it's so evil um so yeah you just can't get hit twice in quick succession on him um and so yeah to, to beat this mode you've got to be you've got to be able to react quickly to changing circumstances you've got to be able to read the modifiers and know what they are and know how to deal with them and then on top of that you've got to be really good at the base game as well because all the the base game is unchanged so you've got to understand the enemies and how to counter them and understand your loadout and how to respond to the to the loot and the items that you're getting so it, it's it's so much to manage all at once um but it's such a fun game and it's such like a a great challenge to end it on 
So, yeah, that's my that's my that's my second pick. That's really cool. That's really cool. My second pick is something we both have played. We both um have earned and you've earned it twice, which I just can't fathom. But um Evil Within, the first one, not the second one. That game is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard and it's like it's not like Outlast when in in terms of horror I love horror games, survival horror, where you have the ability to fight, you're not just hiding, and then turning that difficulty up and then making the game scarier because it's harder to survive. I like that a lot, and that's what Evil Within does super well. You know, Akuma mode is like the, I think I said that correctly, is the mode where you die in one hit, and beating the game like that is so difficult. And I'm really proud of doing that. I just remember struggling so hard as I tried to go through it. And there's one specific moment in in the in this burning house and there's you're just in such a small space. It's so hard not to get hit. And I made it through pretty fast. Probably took me like 30 minutes, but I remember just being like I could have been stuck there forever. I could have never beat it. it I, that house is just I I looked on forums and things and people were like I'm not I can't get through it. I can't I didn't get there with enough supplies and I can't get through and I'm I'm really happy that I got through it but the the thing that's sad is like even though I'm so proud of this platinum I've never touched the DLC I would love to play the DLC of Evil Within it's just like I don't know when I'm gonna pop it back in and try to play this game again the DLC it's uh it's great I really like it so yeah I'd, I'd recommend that the um yeah I, I know that the house you're talking about it's like it's burned into my memory as well because it's like you start it up and then you immediately kick that barrel over to the window and then you shoot it and then like one of the one of the ways for the enemies to come in is blocked off and yeah it's like that it, it you're right about the difficulty of it because it's like i remember like exactly what i did and like what i do to get through that section because of how difficult it is and how like precise you have to be you um, have to execute perfectly perfectly <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah I love the Evil Within. It's a great game. The uh, it it's funny when you were talking about it and the pain of it. It reminded me of um, that I hate the the black bars. You know the black bars at the top and the bottom of the screen because yes. it's like the game is so difficult. You're just like, let me just see the full fucking screen, please. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, can you at least give me that? Like, you kill me in one hit. Can you can you please just just let me like see everything? Right, because there's some there's sometimes where there's there's traps in the game, right, where you can right. like walk over like a like a tripwire and die. So it's like, it's like they they didn't have to be that cruel to be sort of stylistic. Um, right. the uh the DLC is very good. It's not as hard as the base game, although there is one mode that's quite tough for one of the. There's one where you play as the name Jody, I think maybe you you play as her for. I don't know, like, Sebastian's, like, detective friend that's, like... Yeah. I know who you're so, talking about. I know who you're yeah, talking about. I think her name's... Her name's Kidman, right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. That's right. Um, that's her name. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, you play as her, and she has, like, less weapons at her disposal. It's, like, a stealth-based DLC. Mm-hmm. And the sort of... The version of Akumu in that mode is... It, it's not as bad, but it's, like, it's pitch black. Basically, like, you can barely see anything is the gimmick behind that difficulty. And that's quite tough, but it's not too bad. The DLC also benefits from, like... The DLC is so much shorter than the rest of the game that it's, like, even even though it's difficult, 
if you can like break it up into chunks and like you only have to worry about like one hour of like being really good at the game instead of like 12 hours then it, it, it's automatically quite a lot easier in my opinion the other dlc where you play is the the keeper the spooky safe man mm-hmm. that's quite it's quite arcadey it's kind of fun it's kind of stupid as well it's not it's not very difficult but you know the, i think the dlc is worth playing uh, definitely i i, I but yeah I great game <laughs> it is a great game there is such a magnificent beauty in those enemies being slow and like stumbling towards you and being on that hardest difficulty and they just barely miss and you're just like you all you're so focused you like let out audible gas you're like oh shit like it's like oh my god it it's so much fun but this game is extremely unique in the fact that like the base story of the game told through cutscenes is not that great it's really not but when you go and you have to collect all the collectibles in the game it tells a really good story like i love collectibles like that where i don't need a book of collectibles i don't need that i just need like a paragraph that tells me something interesting or a newspaper clipping that just shows a headline of something that i can put into context it doesn't have to be super detailed or anything like that and what i love is that when you read the story of the of Sebastian's story and everything that's going on in Evil Within 1, they just were like, okay, the writing is so good here. We're just going to write the second game based off of the, the collectibles in the first game. So whenever I fired up Evil Within 2, it was really cool that I knew what was going on in Sebastian's life and like everything that led through that story through the cutscenes this time. Because I'm not big on games that don't tell stories through cutscenes. I'm like, I don't care about your metaphorical thing like dark souls i don't know what the fuck is going on in those games and i don't want to leave the game to find out like there's just so much and i love the gameplay of dark souls games but i just can't get into the story and this game did it right i feel like yeah the uh yeah i mean i i don't consider i know some people do but i don't i don't normally consider like the law in in a game like like a lot of the the files to technically be the story mm-hmm. it's like good as like a thing that like adds to the story instead of being you know the actual story and that's what um, it was and yeah i think i think yeah i think the evil within does that well and i think it's got a really compelling uh central mystery to it and like a mystique to it as well in terms of like like not really understanding the world and like what the rules are and like it keeps you sort of on edge and uneasy so yeah i i, I definitely agree with that all right, and before I pass it to you, I just want to say that on PlayStation, it's a 0.5% completion rate, which is still pretty low. It's ultra rare, but it's not terrible. Um, on the website, it's 3.91, so pretty good. That's I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. And so this is it. This is the number one proudest completion for you. Yeah, we don't have a dramatic drum roll or anything, but <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, it's it has to be uh crash bandicoot 4 crash bandicoot 4 it's about time wow um i guess so to start off it's this is the most recent completion for me on this list um i mean i have completion since but in terms of the five on the list this is the most recent um so first of all crash bandicoot 4 is my favorite crash game so and i i loved the first three growing up so to get a sequel to get like a true sequel like decades later it's it was such an amazing moment and i just love the game and and the game the game is so i'm i'm proud of the completion because the game's difficult as well it's super um, hard i'd say it's it's more difficult than and more time consuming than 
the first three Crash Bandicoot games combined. Wow. I would say like it's it's way more difficult, but it's not you know it um it's not it's not too bad either. I'd say, but for me, this game has to be the best completion for me because as far as I know, um I was the first person in the world to get the completion on Xbox. Whoa. Um, I think someone on PlayStation got it before me. But in terms of true achievements, I'm number one in the world. Like, I, you know, I got it first. And also, it's the first time I've ever had an achievement where... And I, I took a picture of it. Um, when I unlocked... So, so when you unlock achievements on Xbox, it tells you the percentage of people that, that have the achievement. Like, as the achievement comes up. And for one achievement in this game, it was the first time ever... I've seen it come up with 0.00% of people have this achievement. So it's the first time ever where I've, I, you know, I've seen 0.01 before. And obviously, you know, that percentage isn't 0.00 anymore. Like loads of people have the achievement now. But when I got it, being like the first person or among the first people... You know, so much so that I'm in like the top zero point zero zero percent. Um, it was just an amazing moment. So I played the game. Like to go into what you need to do to get the completion for this game, you have to get 106 percent, which takes uh, tens of hours. So you have to beat the game. Then you have to beat the game in inverted mode. Then you have to collect all the flashback tapes. You have to do all of the flashback tapes as well. You have to get all of the gems in the regular world and the inverted world. And then the so the the two most difficult things you have to do in the game are the perfectionist and faster than sound achievement. So for perfectionist, you have to get all the insanely perfect relics. And so to get those, you have to break every box in the level and you have to complete the level without dying in the same run. run. Oh. Yeah, so you have to do that for every level. Um, and then the faster than sound achievement, you have to get the platinum time trial relics for every level. Which is really mean, because in the other Crash games, you only have to get gold. So in this, you have to get platinum. Um, and, you know, one of the achievements is called Perfectionist, but you, you basically have to be perfect, um, you know, close to it. And it, it was it was really uh, great for me as well, because for some of the time trial levels, again, because I was sort of one of the first people to, I guess, you know, complete the game and play the game. For some of the time travel, some of the time trials, I had, like, the top time on the leaderboard like on the global leaderboard like the fastest time in the world for a, f a couple of days which was just it's again it's something that i've just never done before never had um and you know if if like i tried to speed run it now i'd like i'd suck at it and there's people that are like a hundred times better than me that will be you know so so i don't i don't mean it as like a oh you know i was i was the best i was no, like really dude. good you know it's like it's like it's like a really short-lived thing. But that um, that's but it, still amazing. You're like a legend to be able to get that. Like I dream of one day being the first person to platinum something. You know, I told you that story about Moss, and I was the first person to get all the collectibles. That's just one trophy that I was the first person in the world to get a platinum, like the top thing, the top uh, like completion, and being the first one to do that. That is so awesome. Like I I just. Again, my respect for you keeps climbing because you're beating all these hard games and then you beat one of the hardest games and you were one of the first people, you were the first person to do it on Xbox, which is just fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Congrats, yeah, the, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was, so I have to thank Activision as well, I suppose, because they, I'm pretty sure they didn't send out review copies very early because sometimes I go on, like sometimes you go on 
achievement and trophy forums and like before the game's even out people have like half the trophies or half the achievements so then for people like us it's like impossible to be first because like people have already put in like 40 hours before the release date so it's like you know what are you going to do so i guess i have to i'm sort of thankful that i suppose they didn't do that because i got the game at midnight my time and you know i i i played the shit out of it like i, I was obsessed with it and you know my hands like skin started peeling off of them because of how much i was playing it you know but but it it was um it was so good to have that opportunity and to to play the game um and and it was it was crazy as well and surreal because after i beat it people started messaging me on true achievements like how did you do this like like do you have any advice like people were looking like people were clicking on the forum to see who's like got the completion and then they were like mess going out of their way to message me and be like, you know, how how did you do this? How did you do that? No one else has done it, you know. It, so it that was so that was like a crazy, that. yeah. It was such a it was such a crazy moment. But the game is is fantastic, um, and and it, it's crazy as well to me because you know Crash Bandicoot. It's obviously not an indie, you know. It's not a small scale franchise. It's no. such a huge franchise, and and it, it was hugely important to me growing up as well like you know i mentioned last episode that i you know i played these games on the ps1 so so yeah it was uh it it has to be my proudest even if it's not the most difficult um or you know or the game that i love the most on this list it's still like easily the i guess the biggest achievement that that i've got in terms of completions Dude, I gotta start introducing you as the the number one Crash Bandicoot completionist on Xbox, dude. That's awesome. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. So, what's your number one? That's uh... before I mention my number one. I kind of like just because of our conversation, how good it's been. I want to go back to um, Hotline Miami and just mention like that when you get the platinum, it's called like the platinum is named Trophy Addict, and I thought that was like so appropriate because it feels like the devs knew how hard the platinum was going to be to get and they're like if you're going to get this it's going to be hard and we we love what we do and like it it's definitely not for everyone but it, when you when you get through something like these these games especially like crash there is such a high reward for that like it feels good your list builds it's it's so much fun and you learn so much about games that maybe if you played it one time you would never have known never ever and so it's just so cool that we're that we're doing this because it's just it's so much fun. But for my, I had a huge journey. I had a huge journey with my number one game, and it is Red Dead Two. Red Dead Two. It just it has things that I hate. Okay, so you have to like flawlessly run every story mission. Like you can't fuck it up. And if you try to go back after after your first playthrough, they they nerf you with not your current like loadout. They give you trash loadouts. They'll be like, okay, you get this one pistol, you get this one rifle. It's not maxed out. It's like, that's just how it is. Like, and it makes things really difficult. And so just on the story part, I'm struggling and I'm, you know, I got, I got through it and I loved it. I mean, the game, I, it's so fucking good. Like obviously Rockstars are, Rockstar is the, one of the best craftsmen of video games in the industry. And I was at one point was like, I saw the multiplayer trophies. I just was like, I'm not going to get them. So I played the game and I gave up. I gave up on it. I was, it was one of those games I put down. I was like, I'm not going to do it. 
because of the multiplayer trophies. So I just am going to put it down. And I was asked by a friend. He was like, hey, do you want to fire up Red Dead 2 and play online? And I was like, yeah, I'll pop some online trophies. Like, it'll happen. And then in the course of playing for like a week with them, I had like three left, three online trophies left. And I was like, oh, this is this is crazy. Like, I just have to grind out the levels. I have to get first and like a race three times. It's not like the first Red Dead. If you have the first Red Dead Platinum, I highly respect that. Because you have to win free-for-all like three or five times in a row. In a row, you can't just not just total five. You have to win them in a row. And I'm like, I'm, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> like, I can't win online games, top player, free-for-all, three times in a row. That's crazy. I could do it three times, not three times in a row. It's the same thing as we talked about with Fall Guys. You know, being the number one five times in a row? No, not going to happen. Yeah. And so I put this game down and I picked it up and I started asking people online. I was like, I was like, do you want to party up? And like, well, one of the trophies was something to do with winning a race like three times, like these really fun races where you could like shoot people off their horses. It was a horse race. And I was having so much racing that I had like, I just needed to win one more race. And I was like, let's party up. Let's all fucking race. And Eventually, I got first place, and I popped that trophy, and I'm like, I'm going to jump back into this story. Like, this was probably six months between, like, putting the game down, picking it up for multiplayer, and then going back into into the main game. I'd already, like, went as far as I could. I beat the story. I actually 100%ed all the missions, but I didn't do the collectibles. I didn't do any of the open world stuff like I, I had kind of dabbled with some of the side side content and I, I jumped back in and there was this one trophy that was a bitch I so I already thought online was tough enough and then I have to go back into the game and there's these RNG like animal trophies where you have to like look at every animal through binoculars and mark it and then after you mark it you have to skin every animal And so there's all these birds and all of these different animals. And some of the animals are like RNG spawns and they take forever, forever to spawn. I I think I spent like eight hours looking for a turkey. And that kind of perseverance, like after multiplayer, for me is like, I just can't believe I got this platinum. It took like on the trophy, on the um, trophy guide, it says it's 200 hours minimum. Which I think that's a, that's right. From what I yeah, what I, I, what I, I spent, I could definitely believe that. I haven't um I haven't beaten Red uh, Red Dead Redemption two. I've played like I I played like a few hours and then got distracted by something. And yeah, I I mean that's that's such a, a crazy completion. Like I think pretty much all of the Rockstar games have terrible lists they in really terms do. of how difficult they are. I don't think I have a single one. Um, you know, even, even like GTA 4 with like like the the pigeons and all that. Like, that, there's just so much bullshit in the in these lists that it's just um, yeah, no, that that's 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 crazy. Yeah, and um, I don't think I don't think I'll ever get that uh, completion. I almost gave up on it, definitely during the animal stuff because I was developing a bad habit, which I never have done before. Like, I don't. Some people like fall asleep playing video games. I've never done that, never ever. Not my whole life. I, I'm so engaged and I'm so interactive that I just don't, I didn't, I didn't understand falling asleep during video games, but I'm riding this horse around and I'm looking for a turkey 
And like in my eight hours, I fell asleep like three or four times looking for this damn turkey. At one at one point, I like was falling asleep. This is how I got the platinum. I was falling asleep and I heard the fucking gobble. And I was like, holy shit, it's here, it's here, like, it's here. So I, like, whipped out my binoculars, I looked around, I found it, I shot it, and I skinned it. And I was like, you stupid bastard. Like, I'm so happy to be skinning this stupid bird. Like, why is it RNG? I just don't understand why they wouldn't spawn these things into the world. Like, every time you're in the area. It, it was like, it's things like that with these trophy lists that drive me up a wall. It's like, I can't do RNG. And... Uh, this one, I'm just so I'm so proud that I stuck through and I got it. I can't believe I fucking did it. The stuff with, like, the problem with RNG in games is I think it's fine if you can like if you can do something to counteract the RNG. Like, if the RNG is just like a small setback, but like in the case of that, it's like if you get fucked, then you're you're just you're just screwed. Like, there's no there's no like way around. Like, it, it's not like like I mentioned like Enter the Gungeon earlier. It's not like oh you got like. You got like a mediocre gun from like a chest and like you used a key to get it. It's like but you can still work with that. Like that doesn't like that doesn't like end it for you. You can still get through the game and get all the achievements and do all the challenges and, and stuff. But for stuff like that, it's like, oh well if you just don't get the sport and then that's just that's just it. You're just screwed. Until you do. Right. I think to finish this off, I think I wanna just do honorable mentions. Because Okay. There there are were a lot of games that I wrote down. Well, six. I wrote down six games that could be mentioned. And I actually... I'm going to start instead of going back to you for the honorable mentions. Because you mentioned how... Was it Crash that you were like... Your, fing- your, your finger you said was peeling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, have you played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake? No, but I've heard they're very difficult. Oh, they're so hard. And I have that platinum and that completion... And it was a fucking terrible grind. I don't know what they were thinking with, like, there's a trophy for maxing out your level. This is what prevents people from beating the game. I did all of the challenges in the game, which give you experience for leveling up. The, some of these challenges were really hard, and they I got stuck, and I was like, am I going to be able to do this challenge? I have to do all the challenges to get the platinum. All of the challenges should have been worth more experience so that you could get to level 99. They did not do that. I was, I think when I finished the game finish all the challenges that were required for the challenge trophies i was like level 52 and i i those give you a ton of experience like they gave you a ton but not enough and so i had to grind for like eight or nine hours on just grinding literally grinding the skateboard on a rail jumping off the wall doing a like flip trick grinding again and then restarting a run because by doing all of the things that it that I was doing in one trick run, it's just one trick run. You have to keep doing the same thing over and over. You you quit out, and it gives you like 500 XP. And you just I just had to do the same fucking thing for hours. And the thing is, like throughout the whole game, my thumb was hurting so bad because you have to, in order to keep combos, you have to like up down or up down up. And like I got a callus on my thumb because I was doing it so often for challenges and leveling up but what i ended up doing was just like putting on a audiobook and just listening to the audiobook while i was doing this mindless thing because then i can get two things done with you know doing just one like two birds one stone and it's so funny that you brought up the your thumb was like peeling because it's i feel like that is a very completionist type of thing at 
someone's had it at some point or a really hard game like really really hard games will get you to have a little callus or a little blister on your thumb yeah definitely in terms of like honorable mentions i only have i only have one thing to to talk about in terms of in terms of that i guess uh, for me as well it's a dishonorable mention because i don't have the completion and i don't know if i ever will um but i wanted to shout out halo the master chief collection because that game has way too many achievements it's terrible um and also i have so i've done what most people consider to be the hardest two achievements and i sort of i've done those and the rest would take me hundreds and hundreds of hours um and you know i have a decent amount i have like half the achievements in the game um but i have so i've done halo 2 uh lasso so halo 2 legendary with all the skulls on um and i've got the speedrun achievement for halo 2 on legendary as well beat the game in under three hours um on legendary and uh fuck that game basically on that difficulty <laughs> that, that game sucks on legendary it su- it sucks even more on lasso it's um it's just like maliciously designed it's buggy it doesn't work right it um it took me way too long it took me like it would take me like seven hours per level um so it's like the game uh yeah it it, it it's um there's like ways you can get soft locked and yeah, you you like use everything. You you'll like to to beat that game on Lasso. You'll like purposely like glitch out of the map and and stuff to like make it easier. Like it it really is like you versus the game. And then when you do it, you get like twenty gamer score, and the game has like seven thousand or like seven hundred <laughs> achievements. So it's like it's oh like a drop God. in the ocean. Right. Um, so yeah. So, so I just wanted to say fuck that game. Basically, that's like my. <laughs> That's my whole thing. That's that's just it. Oh, that's really funny. Dude, I think every every completionist has a game like that where it's just like, fuck that game. I love playing it. I, I mean, I'm in love with this series, but fuck that game. Jesus Christ, what are they thinking? Do they not think about us? Probably not. <laughs> but like... Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I've, got, I've got the achievement and I can do it. Uh, so, I, you know, I've, I've proven myself. But um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really bad. It almost ruined halo 2 for me as well Damn. in terms of just when i think about the game we you know i could do a whole like podcast just on my experience there so like right yeah i i don't i don't i don't want to say too much other than just just fuck that game fuck that game. <laughs> um okay so i'm gonna run through my honorable mentions because i do have more than one i have five left um number one is phantom pain that metal gear game was one of the only ones i played and it was another game that I put down and picked up later, and I was like, I'll go back and increase my percentage completion. And it's just really, really fun gameplay, but it's so long. That's what a lot of my proud completions are. They're just so long, and I'm like, I am proud that I put the time into this to do this. And so there's that one. And I also have to say, fuck Knack. Fuck Knack. I got Knack's Platinum, and it sucked. That was an RNG Platinum. That was the ultimate worst. Like, I was... I, when I got that Platinum, I was one, one click away from just deleting the app and being fucking done. I was being fucking done. It came with my PS4, and I thought it would be funny to get Knack. And as I was putting in the time, I'm like, this isn't funny. The game is fucking hard. It's not a kid's game. It's ridiculously hard. I don't know why it's so fucking hard. <laughs> and then number two... They have these chests in the world, so I had to learn all the collectibles because you open these chests and then it's RNG to get, like, different knacks. You get, like, a ruby knack 
or a dime the diamond knack is the one that I was having the trouble spawning so you open up the chest and it's like the rarest thing a diamond and it has a super low spawn rate and they were like just grind it out and I I got lucky and I got like nine out of ten pretty easily and then it was the last one where I had to fucking close the app reload the chapter then I had to go to the the chest because if you open the chest and then you move on then it like saves and so you can't reopen that chest. So if I didn't get it, I just close the app and I had to relaunch the game again. And I just do this over and over and over. And I'm like, this is not, I can't fucking do this anymore. I was like, I'm doing it one more time. One more time and I'm deleting the app. And on that last time, I got the fucking last diamond. So fuck that game. I'm right there with you. <laughs> fuck that game. And then Mafia Remake is another one that I'm proud of because on the hardest difficulty, it's not that the combat is hard. It's that in the middle of the game, there's a fucking the race. Right? Yes, yeah, the race. you know about this. this I've, I've got the completion as well. Yes, dude. You got to be proud of that because that race is a bitch. Why is it like that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. But um, that one I'm really proud of just because of that race. I think I tried for like three or four hours and I, I was about to give up on that one too. Final Fantasy VII. That's another one I'm proud of because on hard at the end i told you about how you have these transitions and these cutscenes that you can't skip and when you die you have to watch them all over again and yep i persevered through that because i really love the game and i love the combat it just at the end was so bad it was so bad and i'm proud that i got through it i don't think anyone i don't think other people struggled as much as i did because that one that one's hard for me and then my last one which is mlb 14 i love baseball and I don't have any Platinums in the baseball games. And I recently bought this on Vita. And it was like, I can achieve this Platinum. But it started to get really hard because there was some specific things that I'm not going to delve into. Because it's a lot of baseball talk. And like... Yeah, I won't understand it. Yeah, it, it would be it's too much. And I just almost gave up and just said, I got 98% or whatever the fuck. Well, it would have been like 87 or something. Because the way that it works on trophies on PlayStation is like... The rarer trophies give you smaller percentages. It's probably the same on Xbox, but the like bronze will give you not very much percentage, like one or two percent. Then silver, you know, goes up th- three or four, five, and then gold is like a huge chunk. And I mean, I've seen percentages shoot up like nine or ten percent just because you got a gold trophy. And so, right. okay, because it it basically works on points as we yeah, discussed I mean er- earlier the same way that Xbox does, and so the lower points on bronze don't give you as much percent to the overall point system yeah i mean every achievement is obviously already automatically weighted by xbox because you know like they they all have their own point values that adds up to a thousand so usually the harder achievements will just have a high the harder and rarer achievements will just have a higher point value but it's you know it's put in by the developers instead of the the rarity i suppose but yeah that's it that's our proudest completions I uh, I do want to hear from the audience. If you have a proud completion, write into us. I think that it would be really fun to hear. I might I'll share it on the next week's episode if you if the listeners are okay with that. Like, let us know. You can go to Patreon and you can comment on the feed or you can comment in the YouTube on the on the YouTube page. Um, I'll yeah, I love uh, I love hearing about it as well because like some of the some of the games you mentioned are games that I want to get to, like you know Hotline Miami and Super Hot. So. You know, it'll be good to, to hear some feedback from people because it it can help put games on our radar as well. Yeah, it's really fun. Thanks for listening.
that was uh that was a good episode pretty long yeah it was a it was a good conversation it really was it's fun to hear your how how good you are at video games and also my favorite (laughs) thing is that i learned that you got you were the first on one game and it's not just a small game it's something big like (laughs) that is awesome yeah thanks for listening everyone that was a that was a fun conversation bye bye see you